Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2376 with a release date of Friday, May 12th, 2023 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Hams in the Caribbean gear up for storm season. Amateurs help a woman in India reconnect with her family and the ARL offers U.S. hams assistance in evaluating their RF emissions. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2376 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Wadsworth, Ohio, Stephen Kenford, N8WB. Our top story takes us to the Caribbean, where hams await the storm season ahead with formal training and emerging disaster response network. John Williams, VK4JJW, brings us those details. With the approach of this year's hurricane season in the Caribbean region, emergency training exercises have got underway again for amateurs in the Yulu Radio Movement slash Rainbow Radio League in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. As always, amateurs will be relying largely on HF communications because the mountainous terrain of the islands in the region provides challenges for successful VHF signal paths. Yulu has been in the process of growing its emergency network and now has 10 stations based on the main island, including one near the airport. The league's director, Donald DeRiggs, J88CD, told local media outlets that the hams are closer than ever to creating the island-wide HF emergency network that they've long envisioned. They're also looking to support a more robust maritime rescue and air response network for disasters throughout the region. New equipment has been donated, and one of their biggest benefactors has been Australia-based Barrett Communications. The most recent of three shipments from that company arrived in February, bringing SDR transceivers and sturdy antennas, hopefully capable of surviving the coming season of storms. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. It took 10 years for a woman in India to find her way back to the family she left behind when she married. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, tells us how Hams assisted her in her journey. An early marriage and separation from her family kept Rubina Begum apart from her family in Bengal for more than a decade. With the help of police and the West Bengal Radio Club, the relatives have found one another again. According to reports in the Times of India and the Millennium Post, the National Commission for Women, a government entity that advocates for women, had been trying to assist her in tracing the family she had lost touch with after marrying into a Kashmiri family at the age of 14. The media reports said that the woman, who is now 24 years old, was originally brought to the Baramula sector in Jammu and Kashmir to be married because her father was unable to bear the expense of raising four children at home. The woman's brother, Hassan al-Sheikh, told the Times of India that in the ensuing years they believed she was lost to them forever. But he spoke with her at long last on Wednesday, May 3rd, after the Women's Commission contacted state police who reached out to the hams in West Bengal. The club has a long track record of facilitating such reunions. After contacting the woman with the phone number provided, Club Secretary Ambrash Nagbiswa, VU2JFA, reached out to a colleague proficient in Hindi and Kashmiri, and details of her story finally emerged. Her brother was expected to travel and bring her home to Bengal soon to be with the family she has missed so much. This is Jim Meachin, 
ZL2BHF. If you haven't already checked your station to evaluate its compliance and RF exposure, the ERRL is offering some help. Dave Parks, WB8ODF, has that story. The ARRL has reminded amateurs in the United States that it is making its resources available to help licensees comply with FCC rules on RF exposure limits. Those limits went into effect in 2021, and a two-year transition period was granted to permit HAMS to conduct evaluations and make necessary changes for stations that do not conform to the exposure rules. The ARRL issued its reminder to HAMS just as the transition period ended on May 3rd. HAMS are not exempt from conducting such evaluations even if they transmit at very low power. The League's resources include a video about RF exposure and evaluation, an RF exposure calculator, and an RF safety section excerpt from the ARRL handbook. Perhaps most importantly, the League is encouraging all HAMS to make use of the resources whether or not they belong to the ARRL or have established a website account. Visit ARRL.org for more details. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Dave Parks, WB8ODF. This year's Dave Calter Memorial Youth Adventure has been canceled. Organizers at the Dayton Amateur Radio Association said there was insufficient time for the kind of planning that would have allowed everyone to obtain their necessary passports. No other details were immediately available, and there was no indication when the next trip would be scheduled. This year's DX Adventure was to have taken place in Curaçao. The annual trip, which has brought young amateurs to the Dutch Caribbean, Costa Rica, and Curaçao, is named in memory of Dave, KB8OCP, who became a silent key in November of 2013. A popular, lively voice in amateur radio in Argentina has become a silent key. We learn more about her from Graham Kemp, VK4BB. In the final year of her life, Asunanu Albarasan LU9OY was no longer able to be on the air. But, until then, the 95-year-old was a well-known and well-recognised voice in her home country of Argentina, as well as Chilean Aragua. She became a silent key Thursday, April 13, at her home. According to a news article in the YLB newsletter, she was an almost constant presence on the air during the last 50 years, and many heard her exchanging greetings and information on 20 metres. Her introduction to amateur radio came during the early 1960s and she embraced operating on AM. She and another amateur, Nelly Lopez, LU50X, now a silent key, were considered pioneers in being the first women amateurs in the region. By the time she retired as a teacher, she had become a major presence on sideband where she was well respected as an operator. According to the news article, her 90th birthday was a great occasion, inspiring amateurs who had worked her from DX locations to travel and attend the celebration. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB. AMSAT supporters who are deepening their commitment to amateur radio in space by joining the President's Club have a special commemorative coin that says... Thank you. We hear more from Neo Rap WB9VPG. The AMSAT President's Club has released its commemorative coins for 2023, with this year's coin marking the 40th anniversary of the launch of the AMSAT Oscar 10 satellite. The German amateur radio microsatellite took to the sky from French Guiana aboard an Ariane 1 rocket on June 16, 1983. According to the AMSAT DL website, the star shaped satellite had an elliptical orbit that made it 
possible for radio communications of several hours duration to take place around the world. Members of the AMSAT President's Club will be receiving the coin along with other recognition, including mention in the AMSAT Journal. The President's Club is an annual membership organization, and each year's two-inch metal coin honors a different Oscar satellite. Visit AMSAT.org and look for details about the President's Club. This is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. This week, in our occasional series, Nets of Note, Newsline takes a look at one net that provides an opportunity for all licensed hams anywhere in the world to learn more about APRS. Patrick Clark, K8TAC, has that story. For one very enthusiastic group of amateurs worldwide, every Thursday is Net Day. Check-in time on that day between 0000 and 2359 UTC and ensures that every amateur will receive all APRS net traffic from any stations checking in during the 24-hour period that follows their own check-in. Organizers call it APRS Thursday, and it's been going strong since December of last year. The net is conducted over the announcement server, service of KJ4ERJ, and is managed by Michael, KC8OWL, and Angelo, DU2XXR, stroke N2RAC. Angelo, in the Philippines, is also the net manager of a separate net known as the APRS PH net. Both Michael and Angelo hope that the Thursday check-ins will increase familiarity with APRS for hams and grow this kind of message activity around the world. If you're curious about APRS or want to learn more, you can email Michael at kc8owl at yahoo.com. This is Patrick Clark, K8TAC. The deadline is coming up fast for a chance to nominate your choice for Amateur Radio Newsline's Bill Pasternak Young Ham of the Year Award. Candidates must reside in the continental United States and be a licensed ham 18 years of age or younger. We're looking for someone who has talent, promise, and commitment to the spirit of ham radio. Find application forms on our website, arnewsline.org, under the YHOTY tab. Nominations close on May 31st. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K3 PSG repeater in Butler, Pennsylvania at 2 a.m. and 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. The numbers just keep growing into the tens of thousands in the Internet Archives Digital Library of Amateur Radio and Communications. Jack Parker, W8ISH, gives us those details. It's a virtual bookshelf of radio that seems to go on into infinity. The addition of new documents from the Anchorage Amateur Radio Club in Alaska, the Worldwide TV FM DX Association, the Irish Radio Transmitter Society, and the Pikes Peak Radio Amateur Association in Colorado has expanded a digital collection of shortwave and amateur radio history to more than 75,000 items. This is the work in progress known as the DLARC Radio Library. The library also contains more than two dozen episodes of the RAIN report that were believed to have been lost. And yes, you will find archived newscasts from Amateur Radio Newsline. Program Manager of Special Collections K-Sevets, K6KJN, said the most recent additions included recorded presentations and talks, including those from the MicroHams Digital Conference and the Radio Amateur Training, Planning, and Activities Committee, known as Rat Pack. Many amateur clubs' newsletters, which were never posted online before, are now available and are full-text searchable and available for download. The library, which was created with a grant from Amateur Radio Digital Communications, is always looking for new material to add to the collection. 
See the link in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. This is Jack Parker, WISH. Congratulations to Ohio's new amateur radio museum. It's the Waller McMunn Museum in Cambridge that has opened to visitors in a restored radio station building after years of work by volunteers assembling the collection of ham radio gear and related items. The museum is the pride of the Cambridge Amateur Radio Association, W8VP. The name of the museum honors Homer McMunn, who built the first radio receiver in Cambridge in 1912. It also pays tribute to his brother-in-law, Roy Waller, who is credited with being the first to copy signals from a U.S. Navy station operating in Arlington, Virginia that year. The two men were known as experimenters who built receivers and transmitters and operated a wireless station in town. Their enthusiasm eventually led to the creation of the Wireless Association of Cambridge. Researchers in the United States have created thinner, denser computer chips with big possibilities. We learn more from Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. Denser and more powerful computer chips may soon be possible thanks to findings in a laboratory at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Researchers there have developed a means of working with 2D materials so slender they are no more than three atoms thick. By layering them atop a fully fabricated silicon chip, they are able to create a denser integration. According to the MIT News website, this low-temperature growth and fabrication technology does not result in damage to the chip. Damage was a major concern during previous attempts to achieve this integration atop a silicon CMOS wafer because the process customarily requires temperatures of 600 degrees Celsius. Temperatures above 400 degrees Celsius could cause the transistors and circuits to break down. The news website also reported that this technology reduces the growth and integration process on an 8-inch wafer from more than a day to less than an hour. A shortened growth time is seen by researchers as particularly attractive for industrial fabrications because of its efficiency. Researchers also said they want to explore use of this process for such flexible surfaces as textiles, polymers, or papers, raising the prospect of integrating semiconductors into clothing, paper notebooks, and other everyday items. This is Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. In the world of DX, be listening for Harold DF2WO on the air as 9X2AW from Rwanda until the 15th of May. Harold will be using CW, SSB, and the digital modes on the HF bands and 6 meters QSL via M0OXO's OQRS. Look for Pete, M1PTR, Tom, M0DCG, and Kieran, M5KJM, on the air from the Great Basket Island, IOTA, number EU-007, using the call sign EJ6KP-P, until the 18th of May. They are using SSB on the HF bands during local daylight hours. Check QRZ.com for QSL details. Listen for Giorgio IU5HWS using the call sign 5UA99WS from Niger until the 15th of June. He will be on 40 through 10 meters using FT8 and SSB. QSL via LOTW or via EA5GL. You have until May 31st to log the special event call station VI2023HRH in Australia. Members of the Wireless Institute of Australia are calling QRZ with that call through the end of the month to celebrate the coronation of King Charles III of England. QSL via the operator's instructions. Okay, grab a cup of hot coffee for this week's final story. Sit back and let's listen to Randy Sly, WB4XJ. For many of us, there's nothing better than working DX or calling CQ in a contest while sipping on a fresh hot cup of coffee. 
But what if that coffee was known as Ham Shack House Blend, Key Up Cowboy, or Morse Code Mocha? Steve Eilers, W3BIZ, believes we can have our ham radio and drink it too. Early in 2023, Steve began the Homebrew Coffee Company, combining his love for coffee with his love for ham radio. This coffee is not someone else's brand that he relabeled, but his own original coffee blends that are roasted and shipped the same day, no matter the propagation. He is an entrepreneur who takes his business seriously. We source our beans from Bali, Peru, Brazil, Mexico, Colombia, you name it. Ethically sourced beans, fair trade. That's a huge thing for me is to make sure that we're doing it right. These people are getting compensated for their farms and everything's fair. His blends are made to resonate with a variety of tastes, from a donut shop style to a dark Italian roast, or something with a French vanilla or mocha flavor. All these and more await you at homebrewcoffee.com. When he's not making coffee, you can find Steve hunting poda, chasing DX, rag-chewing, or operating Skywarn and Aries in Kent County, Michigan. And of course, drinking coffee. This is Randy Sly, W4XJ. Do you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in? We're not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something that's out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we'd like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to Air Force Technology, MSAT News Service, the APRS Net, ARRL, CQ Magazine, CNN.com, Dave Altman, KO4YLZ, David Bihar, K7DB, The Daily Jeffersonian, 425DX News, GypsyRoadTrip.com, The IEEE Spectrum, K Savitz, K6KJN, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, The Millennium Post, QRZ.com, ShortwaveRadio.de, The Times of India, The Vincentian, The YL Beam, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at airnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating whenever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB in Wadsworth, Ohio, saying 73. As always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023. All rights reserved.